You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA as a whole. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Friday, final podcast of the week. We're going to continue our discussion of the all-time best New Orleans Pelicans roster. We talked about some of the shoe-ins yesterday. Let's look at some of the more fringe guys and maybe debate their cases a little bit. We're going to do that in in segments two and three of the show. Segment one is going to be me ranting a little bit about the the NBA's return to play and the league looking like in some capacity that they're trying to get Zion Williamson into it, which I think is fine. It's also fine if they keep him out and I'll give you my reasoning behind all of this. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like candy bar. I just reordered and got my shipment in the other day. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Okay, so the NBA's return, and this was stuff that was being floated around uh, on Twitter and like the NBA sphere, media sphere yesterday, and it comes also from ESPN and Brian Windhorse on the Hoops Collective podcast, and this is what he said, and it's, quote, let me just say, how do you get 20 teams into the bubble, though? Because if you just go by straight records, because to me, that is what I've heard, all right? I've heard people in this league say that this is an elaborate game to get Zion Williamson into the bubble. I'm not saying the NBA is going this route. I'm just saying I've already heard this scenario. No matter what happens, the cutoff line will be the Pelicans. They'll be in. So this is interesting, and I'm sure this is, you know, if Memphis fans are listening to this, it's it's not going to make them happy because they're in the eighth seed. They're three and a half games up. There's about 18 games left to go. The Technically, the ninth spot is the Portland Trailblazers, who are three back in the lost column. The Pelicans are four back of the Grizzlies in the lost column in 10th, tied with the uh, Kings. So you've got to include the Kings, too, if you include the Pelicans. That means you've also got to include Portland, and you may as well include the San Antonio Spurs in this because frankly they're the Spurs and they've got a 20 year whatever it is 23 all of that stuff streak going with everything so now the question becomes what's fair and you know I've said the NBA wants to probably have some sort of competitive balance because you don't want to kind of just directly piss off teams but as I've thought more about this yesterday and today it doesn't matter none of this none of this in the fairness word being thrown around with this matters whatsoever when it comes to this the nba restarting is not about being fair and giving teams the right to compete for a title that they you know spent the season doing we're in the midst of a global health pandemic the likes of which we've never seen fair when it comes to competitive balance in the nba goes out the freaking window if you can figure it out Sure, that's great. But ultimately, that doesn't matter here because we're in extraordinary circumstances. And if your first thing is like, well, think of the children, think of the Grizzlies, like, no. Same thing for the Pelicans, though, too. If the NBA just decided to take, you know, and I know you're all listening because you're Pelicans fans and you're laughing at Grizzlies fans freaking out about this. But if the NBA also just said, we're going to take the top eight in each conference as what it was, you know, you'd be upset, too, and complaining it's not fair and all of that and doing the, well, they had an easy schedule and the Grizzlies had a hard all of that stuff. None of that matters. None of that shit at all matters because the NBA restarting 
is about money. It's not about competitive balance. It's it's not necessarily safe to do this. They're doing this because they don't want the salary cap to drop too much, the BRI, the basketball-related income coming in to be too little because it has big ramifications for the league with this. It's not built to handle something like this, the CBA, all of their mechanisms. So you have to restart the league to get eyes on this and to get money flowing back and to meet certain you know contract benchmarks and all of that stuff. That's what this is about. And if that means that more people tune in because Zion Williamson is a ratings draw, and look, we have the data and the ratings to show he absolutely is. Same thing with Damian Lillard. I'd like watching Damian Lillard play. I will tune in when Damian Lillard plays. If he's not playing, I don't know if I'm watching Portland's games, which means, and I talked about this yesterday, less ratings for it, less money. All of this is about money and saving and protecting the league and everything that they've built that they are not ready to you know, withstand all of what's going on. So fair or unfair doesn't matter. Canceling the season would be the thing that is most fair to everybody, not declaring a champion because you don't know what would have been. But that doesn't help with what their actual goal with this is. So fair not to the Grizzlies, fair not to the Pelicans or any other teams. It doesn't matter because that isn't the purpose of restarting the league. They will crown a champion when they restart. But that's not the ultimate goal and the ultimate purpose of what the league is doing right now. It's make money so that the league can kind of continue as it's done and people can keep making the same kind of money that they were making before. So if you're a Grizzlies fan and you're listening to this, don't care. Life's not fair. We're in the time of the coronavirus. You expect things to be fair here? And look, I'm going to say this to Pelicans fans too. If the NBA decides they're just going to go with 16 teams and the Pels get left out, I'm going to say like, who cares when you kind of look at the extenuating circumstances around everything? Would it be nice? Would it be Lanyap? Absolutely. But ultimately, that's not the important thing here. The important thing is years down the line with the NBA, and that's what they're trying to protect. That's what they're trying to do. That means you have to kind of cheat a little bit, you know, not be fair to other teams like the Grizzlies or other any other franchise to get Zion in there because it makes things better in years down the line. You absolutely do it. And it's not about determining a championship. It's about money. And I've said this from the beginning. I, I hate the phrase, follow the money. This is one of those things. Follow the money. You'll get there and you'll see what the NBA is trying to do. And it's not the wrong thing. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. I told you yesterday I could give you kind of the rundown of like the talking points I have and all of this. But look, the easiest thing I can say is I really like these. They gave us a free box of them. I tried them. I started eating them for lunch as a meal replacement after my like workout around 1130 in the morning. And I've decided I want to keep eating these every day for lunch. And that's what I do. I used our promo code locked on over at BuiltBar.com. Got $10 off my order. Spent my money on these to get more in because I like them so much. I don't know if I can give you a better endorsement than that. They taste absolutely delicious. They're soft. They're chewy. They're not chalky. They don't taste bad. You don't feel like you need to chug down a Gatorade or a bottle of water or something just to kind of wash that taste out of your mouth um, after like those old crappy ones make your mouth dry. They have unbelievable flavors, including nut-free ones that are produced in a nut-free facility. If you have allergies, they're keeping these things very safe for you. And they've got different profiles of them. There's some that are 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, or 15 grams of protein, and 110 calories. They're Basically, low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. And if you compare them to your other bars that you might try, these are better for you. 
And it's kind of as simple as that. If you want to lose or maintain weight um, and you, or use something as a meal replacement or something after your workout, these are a great option, especially because they're covered in 100% real chocolate and taste absolutely delicious. I've really been digging the raspberry chocolate cream one. Um, and that's probably going to be on my next order too. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON over at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so going back to our all-time Pelicans roster, I was thinking about this. It's kind of funny because we have two guys from the New Orleans Jazz era. We've got Pete Maravich and Chuck Robinson, both of whom played on the team in 77-78. And what's interesting is you go back in time a little bit to look at like the top things during that time. The top songs of 1978 are basically Foreigner and different songs from the Grease album. And like that's it. And okay, sure. That's kind of the era we're in. And if you go top movies on this, Grease was the number one movie. You had Superman, the movie, uh, with Christopher Reeve. You had The Deer Hunter in there, Midnight Express, Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. And wow, it's kind of weird turning back the clock and thinking about it like that. And even then, there's like different eras when it comes to the Pelicans. You have that era, or, or like New Orleans basketball, you have that era. You have the one with Baron Davis in like 2002. And you get different things that come up, and it's just weird to kind of look back at that. 2002, top song was Lose Yourself by Eminem. You had Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne, and a ton of other ones that are just out there. A lot of Eminem on it as I look at look at it now. Let's see what the top movies were in 2002. And so you've got that era right when they moved there, keeping a lot of the Charlotte people. The top movies from 2002, Scooby-Doo the movie, Catch Me If You Can, The Pianist, and the first Spider-Man movie. So there you go. You've got like a wide range of things. And now I'm curious to see what it's like during the Chris Paul era. So if we look at 2008, what was it? 2008, so like during that really good Chris Paul, Crescent City Connection Hornets team run, this one feels like a little bit more normal where you have The Dark Knight as one of the top movies alongside Twilight, I guess, too, which that one's a little weird to me. What about top songs? We kind of go through the eras here uh, of the Pelicans. A lot of Coldplay. You have some T.I. Katy Perry is up there a whole bunch along with Kanye West. So, you know, we're getting more towards normal. Let's look at 2012 really quickly here. All right, so 2012, when Anthony Davis was drafted by the Pelicans, top song was Somebody That I Used To Know. You'd Call Me Maybe Be Number Two. Stronger by Kelly Clarkson is is in there, too. Um, you have a song by One Direction. I couldn't tell you any of their songs. I mean that. I'm not lying. You had Set Fire to the Rain by Adele. What about movies? Let's see those, too. 2012 movie. I should be able to guess this one. You had the Avengers, Django Unchained, alongside the Dark Knight Rises. So there was a whole lot going on with uh, some of these. So all of these make a good bit of sense that the best movies of 2020 or most popular movies of 2020, sorry, 2012 were there. We don't need to touch on the Zion era. No one's making that team, I don't think, unless you really want to put someone in as a wild card. But there you go. Kind of like a time machine segment here for Locked On Pelicans as we see, you know, what was super popular during all of this with the different times in this franchise's history. Going back to the Greece era, I guess, with the Jazz. That's kind of cool. All right, so we talked about some of the shoe-ins on yesterday's show. The, the four guards in the backcourt is Chris Paul, Drew, Baron Davis, Pistol Pete. I think the front court you've got three that are easily in there. Anthony Davis, David West, and Truck Robinson. I think you need some wing depth, so you've got to probably put Peja in there, even though I don't know if he's necessarily the strongest inclusion, but things also get kind of 
week for the Pelicans after the names that we've really thrown out there. So for with the New Orleans uh, franchise, he, you know, he had a great career with the Sacramento Kings before that, but he was still pretty good when he came to New Orleans. He played five parts of five seasons here, 219 games, averaged 14 points per game alongside four rebounds per, and he was a very good three-point shooter, shooting over 40%, 40.4% during his time here. And the fact that there's so few wings, you know, I don't think you can really exclude him from that list. So I'm putting in my list of front court players. I'm curious what you all think about a guy like Trevor Ariza with his time here. Given that weak wing position, he played two seasons, 116 games for New Orleans, averaged 11 points per game, five and a half rebounds, but only shot... 31% from three. I know he gives you good defense, some positional versatility, but I just don't feel really comfortable putting him on an all-time New Orleans roster. You know, those were two years, one where they made the playoffs, but what like largely just uninspiring for him. I remember when they traded for him that I was pretty excited having just come from um, the Lakers and the Rockets, basically, where he was on some very good teams, won titles with the Lakers, uh, won one title with the Lakers, and then just, you know, he has a like, good playoffs and then kind of vanishes for a while and you forget about him a little bit and that was just kind of the thing here he plays great in contract years or when a team's in the playoffs and that's kind of it but he's had a long career but just not good New Orleans years and maybe it's the fact that it was just too little so I actually don't have him on there but certainly Peja I think again you know multiple if you play over four years you have a very strong case to be included on this list if you played over four years with this team Peja I definitely think gets in here he said a couple you know climbed the like all-time three-point charts while he was here I think he got to third on the list while he was with New Orleans that was really cool we had hoped in that final season that he was here before he was traded and what ended up being a trade for Jared Bayless that, you know, or Jared Jack, one of the two that, yeah, he'd be a great trade chip because you just come off of that off season where Melo and LeBron and all of those guys were free agents, Wade, Bosch, and having like cap space was such a big deal. And then you realize like it only really mattered that year. And having expiring contracts and trading them and then letting those guys expire. And all of a sudden, you've got the cap space for their contract was a big thing. He ended up not being a big trade ship that people were hoping. You thought maybe you could trade him for... Sorry, Mello was traded that year. He wasn't a free agent. Uh, that maybe you could trade him for Mello and use that expiring. And like, no, none of that ended up mattering. Um, and so it's kind of like I remember the end of his tenure here for just being a, like a disappointment that you couldn't get more for him. But at that point, he was kind of aging. He was well past his prime. And even past like his good run with the team which really was on those 0708 teams when he was the starting small forward that knockdown shooter and was a lot of fun but he definitely makes the list but I believe Trevor Ariza off of this so in the next segment let's look at some of the other bigs that I think you can put on there and kind of talk about some of those guys and I'm gonna be curious to see what people think so let me know on Twitter what it'll be coming up here in just a second so before we get to those other guys here, including one that I had forgotten about until a friend of mine texted me, and I can't believe I forgot about him, and I'll let you know who that was. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Still here for you all at least three days a week, usually, unless I miss a day or we have a holiday or something like that. But still, there's no basketball going on right now. We're still talking basketball, which is still a lot of fun, and I'm enjoying doing it, and I'm hopeful that you all appreciate listening, and I appreciate you listening in, too. So please, subscribe wherever you get 
your podcast from takes like three seconds does make a difference and help keeping this free and you know three five days a week for you whatever it is and also at a time like this when you've got to support podcast because things are a little bit not dire, but you get what I mean. Uh, definitely helps just clicking that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast from. So Locked On Pelicans available basically everywhere. All right, so let's keep looking at some of the other guys that could make kind of that front court. So we've got, I think, four in there now. Anthony David, um, D- uh, David West, Truck Robinson, and Pages. So that's four, leaving two other front court positions. Plus, we'll have two wild cards. So we're starting to narrow things down just a little bit. I'm not necessarily going to pick two other guys for the front court positions today, but some of the names that you would throw out there are Jamal McGlure, PJ Brown, Ryan Anderson, and then Jamal Mashburn. Mashburn, I think, makes a lot of sense for playing two years here with New Orleans, 101 games. So not a lot. That's that's kind of a mark against you, but averaged 21 and a half points per game along with six rebounds. Not a great shooter and not nearly an efficient guy, but someone who can still fill it up from the small forward position, I think is worth a lot of value. Made one all-star game too while he was here. And when you need some wings, I think two's fine on this roster. You know, it, it kind of leaves you a little bit thin. And so maybe, you know, I could see you leaving him off the more I'm thinking about it. Like, I'm not sold on this. Okay, so I'm not putting him on, but Jamal Mashburn's a guy that I think is an option. Um, Jamal McGlore, I think, has a much bigger case for being on this all time Pelicans team. He played three seasons, 187 games, averaged 12 points per game alongside 10 rebounds, shot 47%. Got to the line and did okay, shooting 72% there at five trips per game. It's a useful guy off the bench. He's not going to light it up for you, but he's like a solid uh, contributor. And he made an all-star game with New Orleans in the 03-04 season. So he's a name you could throw in there. P.J. Brown is another one. And, you know, you look at his play with this franchise. And again, he played four seasons. So that goes a really long way. 315 games a lot for a guy in the history of New Orleans basketball. 10 points per game, nine rebounds. Do you like that more than uh, McGlure's numbers? That's the thing. You know, does the longevity there help a little bit? And I think maybe it does. So four seasons there, you know, he shot 47% from the field. And, you know, shot better from the free throw line, but wasn't getting there an absolute ton. So I think you kind of look at this and are like, huh, he's got more games, but I don't know if he's necessarily better than Jamal McGlure was, the big cat. So I think I'd put McGlure in there over P.J. Brown, and that's where things start to get dicey because Brown is definitely worthy of being included, but you're starting to get a little bit tight on roster spots. And then you've got to look at a guy like um, Tyson Chandler. Do you need a center if you have Anthony Davis? You know, you've still got to talk about DeMarcus Cousins and the things he did here in, you know, over two parts of two seasons. And that's a big question too. Tyson Chandler played just three seasons here and averaged 10 points per game alongside 11 rebounds and a block and a half and you kind of look at him and you're like, I'm not overly impressed, but he was such a pick and roll threat. And we know how good he actually was out there, was a rim protector, was a deterrent and actively someone that, you know, kept people out of the paint, was great with Chris Paul. So you're reuniting them in theory on this team alongside other guys and just having a lob threat like that, 
you know, it takes pressure off AD a little bit too if you play them out there. And AD can pick and pop. He can, uh, Tyson can roll. And I have a tough time, he did play 197 games, keeping him off of this roster. Shot 61% from the field. He's basically living at the rim on those Crescent City Connection teams, which is the greatest of all time. He was really fun, really good. And injuries kind of robbed him of his prime, but it's nice to see that he ended up having uh, a nice career overall. But I think you've got to probably put him on there. So that's one that's kind of intriguing. And then you get to another name. You see where the rabbit hole we're going down is Ryan Anderson. This is an interesting one because he can play the three. He can play the four, mainly the four. But he played four seasons here in New Orleans. A great guy off the bench. 230 games, but only 48 starts. And averaged 16 points per game. Six rebounds. But you didn't feel great about his three-point shooting. He shot 37%, which isn't bad, but not amazing. But does he deserve to be on here? You know, he doesn't defend. And that's where I start to have some trouble. We're basically down to two front court spots, three front court spots, something like that, two. And you've got Tyson Chandler, Jamal McGlure, PJ Brown, and Ryan Anderson. Of those four, you know, if you had to pick two, who are the two that you're picking in? And who are you leaving out and why? And I'm curious, let me know on Twitter again, at Nola Jake. That's probably a good spot to leave it and we can discuss this more next week because we're down to those four and it's maybe worth bringing in someone to help us out with this just a little bit. There's also wild card spots. Maybe one of those guys can get it. So maybe you have three spots for him. I have another wild card or two for the guard position as well that we'll discuss. Uh, but let's save that for next week. We can end it here and the week here. So that's going to do it for this edition of locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget subscribe to the show, wherever you get podcasts from check out built bar builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on as always. I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all next week.